It's, um, it's Resurrection Sunday. We need Resurrection. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. amen and amen and amen and amen. Let's turn in our Bibles to Luke chapter 24, verse 44. Luke chapter 24, verse 44. Luke chapter 24, verse 44. The Bible says, and Jesus, referring to Jesus when he said, he said, he said, and he said unto them, this are the words which I speak unto you. While I was yet with you, all the things must be fulfilled, which was written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the sermons concerning me. The Bible says this, verse 45, then he opened their understanding. Very significant. The, the very power of spiritual knowledge. Bible says he opened their understanding. That what? That they might understand the scriptures. And the reason I want to start from here is this. Because sometimes when things, there are always two dimensions to truth. There is what is seen, but there is what is behind the scene. So what has happened here was this. The disciples had seen Jesus die. They'd seen Jesus suffer. And they knew he was going to be raised from the dead. But the question is this, what did he mean? That's a question. So today is Resurrection Sunday and people are wearing nice clothes to church. Some people travel to other places. But what does he mean? And Jesus was asking the apostles, he says, it, it was reading, they, they understood the scripture. But what does he mean? And why is it important for us to get a meaning? The reason why is this. If you don't understand what the scripture means, you can't stand on it. That's how simple as it is. If you don't understand what the scripture is, it will look like a good story to you. It will look like a good reason to bring your child to church. But what does it mean to me personally? And that's why in this service today, as we begin to talk about what Jesus Christ did, we all understood he stood on, he suffered, he died on the cross, but what does it mean to me? What, what does it mean to me as a mother? What does it mean to me as a student? What does it mean to me as a grandmother? What does it mean to me in this state of life where I'm so confused, where I don't know what's going on with my life? What does this mean to me? The Bible says, and he opened their understanding. Oh, somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. So, somebody say hallelujah. Let's turn our Bible to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Oh, glory to God. Verse 6. And this is the message. This is a message. The Bible says this. Romans chapter 5 verse 6. For while we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. But eventually for a good man will some even dare to die. He said, but God, God commended his love towards us. You know, you know the reason I'm saying this to you? Because one of the biggest things you have to remember at Easter is that God loves you. See, and, and everybody knows that because we all say that, that God loves me. But you need to remember that. Because maybe you're a businessman and you are, and you're about to take a big business decision. 
And you're wondering, hey, if I do this, it doesn't work. I've finished. Remember, God loves you. What does it mean? When he loves you, he has your back. Maybe you are someone that is struggling and it seems as if the way your marriage is going, it's going to get destroyed. And you're asking yourself, how did I find myself here? Remember that God loves you. Let me say something to you. The biggest, one of the biggest lies you can ever have from the devil is to think God doesn't love you. You know why? It's even difficult to pray to God when you cannot accept the fact that he loves you. How do you have the confidence of answered prayers? How do you have the fulfillment of answered prayers? It's a difficult thing. And this is what the Bible says. But you know, you know the thing? So, so this is the thing we think. If I do right, then God loves me. If I do wrong, then he hates me. Then this Bible verse destroys everything. He says, while we were yet sinners, when we have not done anything right, he said he loved us. Do you know what that means? Let's read it again. This is very powerful. He says, but God commended his love towards us. And this is the problem because maybe that's why sometimes we take it for granted. It says, he commended his love towards us. I want to ask you, how do you see God in your life? Do you see God about the person that cares about you or the person that is fighting you? You know, someone says, what do you mean? I always say this all the time. I'm going to say it again. You know what people say often? People say, God, why are you doing this to me? That's not the person that knows God loves him. Because if you know God loves you, there's, there are some things that will never come to your mind. Because say, God, why is this happening to me? Because you think God is your problem. Listen to me, God is not your problem. God is the one that wants you to do well. God is the one that wants you to do well. He wants your kids to do well. He wants your health to be well. He wants everything to be okay with you. How do I know that? The Bible says, when we were yet sinners, before we knew him, he commended his love towards us. Listen to me. You're struggling too much. You have to receive his love today. See, the way you pray, the way you pray as if God is your enemy is too much. You have to receive his love today. Let me tell you something. Nobody compelled Jesus to go to the cross. Nobody held him on the cross. Someone says, I, I, saw, I, I saw it writing. It says, it was not even the nails that held him on the cross. You know why? With the nails, he could have come down. It would have even been, it would have been powerful. If while he was on the cross, he just said, Shagan, Shagan, Shagan. And he just, he just came down with the nails. With the nails like that, he just came down and says, do some more. That would have been dramatic, but would have not been saved. But you know why he stayed on the cross? He says, if I come down from the cross, where would Jude be? Where would Amaka be? Where would Uvie be? Where would John be? Where would Dio be? Where would Tojo be? Where would Sean be? Where would Shinene be? And of course, Shinikwa. Glory to God. And the reason I'm saying this to you is this. Do you live your Christian life from the consciousness that God loves me or the consciousness that God is far from me? Because there are two ways to live your Christian life. When you pray, do you pray with the consciousness? Someone says, you know, someone says, why are you praying this way? Because I know that God loves me. 
And many of you, you know, maybe you've really forgotten that he died for you. And Romans chapter 8 says that if he gave us his son, how much more will he freely give us all things that pertain to this life? Freely. Glory to God. I said glory to God. There are people that say that God doesn't like me. God is very angry at me. You know, I, I was speaking to some lady recently, and um, she she had some kind of um, she had some kind of sickness. I, I, some kind of sickness, and I say, when did this happen to you? He said, it was when I backslidden because God punished me. I said, but now you're a Christian. Why has not removed the punishment? I said, just the thinking. Just the thinking. If there's someone that wants you to get married first, it is God. If there's someone that wants to, if there's someone, it is God. Because it's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. Glory to God. I said glory to God. I said glory to God. I said glory to God. So the Bible says, so, so this is what I want to, so let's read, let, let's go into the Bible again. So the Bible says in verse 8, he says that, and God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. The first I want to say is this, that God values you. Wow. Like God values you. Someone says, how do I know God, God, God values me? Because he keeps thinking about you. That's how you know someone values you. Someone makes room for you. God keeps thinking about you. Hey, have you noticed every time you pray, God pays attention because he values you. And this, you know, so if you know this, when something happens that you don't plan for, tell yourself that I'm too valuable to be a mistake. Someone says, you know, someone threatens you. Be like, I will deal with you. You, see, you don't understand. I'm too valuable to be dealt with. What will, you, what will God be looking at for you to deal with me? Because God values me. Do you know what it means to be valued? I want to ask you something. Do you have some wristwatches, some jewelries that are valuable? Where are they kept? Huh? Huh? They are kept in special places. That's how you are to God. You are kept in special places. Human beings may not value you because they keep looking at other things. But God values you. And the reason I'm saying so is this. You know, uh, you, you know, can I get 1,000 naira? Someone just give me 1,000 naira. Because this happens all the time. You know, someone give me 1,000 naira. This is 1,000 naira. I don't know if you've seen this before, but I'm going to help you see it again. Because you know God values you. So this is 1,000 naira. Ready? Let's step on it. Let's step on it. Let's use it. What can I use to do again? Let me run pull it. Let me spit on it. What again? Let me use it to clean my shoes. After everything, I bring it down and I step on it. <sighs> Question. What is this? Life has stepped on you. Life has spat on you. Life has done a lot. It has not reduced your value. You are still what God says 
You are. Listen to me. If I go to the market, it doesn't matter how much I've stepped, spat, all of it. If I go to the market, if I say, Mama, I want to buy this for 1000 and she will say, okay, take and exchange. Listen, the problem is that you keep thinking of how life has stepped on you. You keep thinking of how much you have been disappointed, how much contract you didn't have, how much you suffered, how much heartbreak you went through. You forgot that your value does not depend on circumstances. It's a, it's a, it depends on what God says about you. And what does he say about you? You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Somebody say, I'm valued. You're valued. See, step on me all you can. You can't change my value. Talk down on me all you can. You can't change my value. Because my value is not from the things in the physical. It's intrinsic value. It's the way God made me. And, and, and when you're by yourself and the devil says to you and says, can any good thing happen in your life? You look and say, devil, I know what you're saying that because I lost the job, because I lost the money, because all my friends have gone ahead and I seem to be behind. But that does not change my value. Have you had a husband that speaks down on the wife or a wife that speaks down on your husband? And sometimes when you get into heated argument, you know, he looks at you or she looks at you and says, you see, you are big for nothing. And you say that, you know, in your perspective, I understand that, but not in his perspective. Because I'm valued. Glory to God. I said glory to God. And if you know your value, it changes your prayer life. Because I go praying to God because I know it gives me attention. This is what I'm saying. That's why he says, he says, let us come. Oh my God. He says, let us come boldly to the throne of Makabanena. He says, let's come boldly to the throne of grace. He didn't say, let's go like this. Oh, 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 oh. No, 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 no. He says, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Let me tell you a story. This is a very nice story. I don't know the kind of secondary school you went to. But my own secondary school, they used to call our results on the assembly. They used to call first, is it first five, first three, last three? What? It's first five and last three. And sometimes they will call them out. You know what I noticed? Every time they called out the first five, ayah, they would just come. All talked in. All talked in. You just see, hey, Matching to the principal. Matching. Because they know who they are. Their resource speaks for them. But when they call the last three, we are always waiting for them. They are always looking for them. And when they eventually come, you, you, can, you can tell that there's something wrong. You can tell there's something wrong. All they, they, they have to... All, the, re, the reason why is that the way they view themselves. Question. When God calls you, how do you match? Do you think of yourself as someone that, hey, listen to me, you don't understand. I'm so valued that when I pray, heaven stand at attention. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When I pray, heaven stands. See, I'm not the one looking for God's attention. I'm the one that when I say, Father, in the name of Jesus, the whole of heaven stands still and say, hey, son, the king is praying. Because I'm valued by God. Someone say, Pastor, ah, you, I love the way you talk. It's not the way I talk. It's what God says. Because the reason why you think you're not valued is that I cannot be valued. I used Uber this morning. 
I enter bus this morning. I don't have a job. I'm trying to get 100 million to do my contract. I don't know this person. I don't know that person. And you keep using physical circumstances to talk about your value. And the truth is this. No matter what you've gone through in life, it doesn't change the value that God puts on you. Glory to God. I said 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 glory to God. You know, human beings, <laughs> human beings, you know how they value things? They put brand on it. Give me one of the brands. This is what human beings do. So, this, bring, bring all of them. So, when they say something is Lacoste, they're like, ah, yeah. But, you know the thing about me, once you bring a good brand, they bring a better brand. Then they say, this is not just Lacoste. They say, this Louis Vuitton. Ah, then this is nothing in some people's mind compared to this. Yes or no? Ah, then someone says, no, no, just leave it back in the bag, sir. Thank you. Thank you. And, and they bring that and they say, oh, this is from Harrods. So this is a problem with human beings. Wait. This is the problem. We want them to call us something. So we are moved. So when they call you, when you behave well, they call you Harrods or Harrods. And when you behave, depending on something, then they call you what? Louis Vuitton. And that's what we love. It's ah, you know, even, there was a guy that was even called Gucci Master. The question is this. What does God call you? You know why? Human beings call you because of what you wear, what you look like. What God calls you is because of what he made you. Oh my God. Whatever human being calls you is because of what, what you wear, what you look like. What God calls you is what he made you. That means that even though you don't look like it, it will call it out of you. The question is that what do you call yourself? What humans call you? What God calls you? So when God calls you, he calls you, he calls you. He looked at Abraham and calls him fruitful. And Abraham had no child. And everybody says, how can you say you're fruitful? You're a fruitful father and you have no child. Because this is what God does. God calls it out of you. And God calls who you are because he made you. The question today is this, what do you call yourself? Glory to God. I say glory to God. What do you call yourself? Do you have something you call yourself? See, one of the beautiful things about Easter is this. There's many lessons in Easter. Is that I'm so valuable to God that Jesus Christ came to die for me. Like there was no other way out. There was no shortcut. I'm so valuable to God. This is what you think about. If I'm so valuable to God that Jesus can come and die for me, why won't he answer my prayers? Why won't he pay attention to me? Some people say God is very angry with me. No, sir. God is not angry with you. Because at the cross of Calvary, all of God's anger was poured on the cross. And you know what it says? It says, that sin and the iniquity, I will remember. What? No more. You know, something confused me in the Bible. If you read the New Testament and never read the Old Testament, you will think that the Old Testament were saints. Have you, have you ever thought about that before? When you read how the New Testament talks about Elijah, he paints Elijah in a perfect picture. 
He never tells us that Elijah was depressed. Elijah ran away. What is it about Elijah? Elijah was a man of like passion. He could pray. When you read the Bible, have you read the Bible? There's this place in, let me show you, Romans chapter 4. This is the funniest one because I struggled with this for a long time. Romans chapter 4. This is good. Romans chapter 4. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Verse 16. This is good. Therefore, it's by faith, like maybe by grace to the end, that ye may be sure to all the seed, and not, not, only, not to that only which is of the law, but to also that which is of the faith. Now, he begins to talk about the faith of Abraham. Who is the father of us all? See what he says. See, see, see what he says about Abraham. As it is written, verse 17, I have made the father of nations before whom he believed. God who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. They were. The Bible says in verse 13, who against hope, this Abraham, Abraham hoped against hope that he might become the father of nations according as he has spoken. So shall I be, see be. And he was not weak in faith, but he considered not his own body dead. Neither at a hundred years old, neither the what the deadness of Sarah's womb. Verse 20. He staggered not at the promise of God. This seems like a lie. Because question, did he stagger? Talk to me. Did he stagger? Did Abraham stagger? He did not only stagger, he fell. But all of a sudden, Romans begin to say he never staggered. That's confusing. Hey, Abraham, at some point, got confused. Instead of waiting for Isaac, he went to sleep with, his, with Sarah's house help, Haggai, and had the child called Ishmael. Then all of a sudden, Paul begins to tell us about Abraham and says, Abraham was strong in faith. He did not stagger. You now wonder, who is lying? What, what, what am I missing in the story? The difference is this. In the New Testament, God says something. He said, because Christ died, their sin and iniquity, I will remember no more. So what does that mean? In the New Testament, all of the wrongs, are there's no record of the wrong. You know, some people say when you get to heaven, God will open one book like this and begin to count your sin and count your sin. There's no book like that in heaven. When Jesus Christ died, the book was wiped out. The book was wiped out. The price was paid. The book was wiped out. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. Some of you, some of you, as you come to church, man, you want to pray. You want to lift up your hands. I say, you know, and you're quiet singing this powerful song. I'll put you in front. And you're like, this, Jesus. And the devil says, you? Where were your hands last night? And you that were going, how? let's go, let's go. You're like, I'll put you in front. Oh, you were really worshiping. You're just going, mm. Because all of a sudden, the accuser of the brethren has begun to accuse you. You know what you should do? Every time the devil accuses you, say, it's under the blood. Yeah. Let me say something to you. Condemnation is why people don't grow. Because they feel as if I can't go far. That's why many of you don't come to church. Because you feel as if, with all my sins, what's the point? But guess what? The church is not meant for healthy people. It's for sick people. And God says, with all your sin, keep coming. It's amazing. Look at the story of Abraham here. All Abraham's fault, when we read in the Testament, there's no trace. Why? The New Testament does not keep record of wrongs. 
it only keeps record of what? Right. 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 Why? Because the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, it says, this is the covenant I will have with the house of Israel, the new covenant. It says, their sin and iniquity I will remember no more. Glory to God. I say glory to God. I say glory to God. So the cross tells me that, the cross tells me how God values me. Because you know I'm saying so here? Many of you, God will tell you that I would like you to serve in church. I want to be an usher. I want to say, God, how can you ask me? Do you know me? Because in your mind, I'm so dirty. I'm so useless for God to use. And God is saying, that's the thing. I know you're so dirty, but you have no power to clean yourself. I'm the one that has the power to clean you. And that's why it's amazing when people come to church and pretend to be perfect. We all are not perfect. We are all work in progress. That's why in the marriage, it says, husband, it says, wives, love your husband. Not because he's good, he's stupid. I know sometimes. He says, love your husband even as Christ loved the church. Because based on him, he's not worthy of the love. How do you love him? As Christ. It says, it says husband, love your wife, rather, even as Christ loved the church. He says, I know your wife is going to do some things that makes her unlovable. He says, as Christ loves the church. Then he tells the woman, he says, woman, submit to your husband, not because he's smart. He says, as unto what? As unto the Lord. Let me tell you something. You want to learn how to pray? Before you pray, remember, remind yourself who you are in Christ. Remind yourself that, Lord, you love me. You love me so much. And that's why I can pray with confidence. And this is the thing about prayer. The more confident you are in prayer, the more readily your answers will be. First John 5 says, so this is a confidence we have. Glory to God. I say glory to God. So the thing about the cross is that God values me, you know, because God, God had a choice. It was, his death was motivated by his love. The second thing is that not just God, does God value me, God cares about me. I, you know, I met a lady in Abuja and um, I, I followed her on social media and she shared a beautiful story about her boyfriend. And he said, I love this man a lot and I just wanted to read it. He said, because even when I don't think of myself, he thinks about me. Then she gave an example. We go to, we go to a cinema and my boyfriend holds an extra jacket. And when we get there, she says, are you cold? He says, oh, I'm cold. He says, I know you'll be cold, so I brought an extra jacket for you. He said, that's what I love about him. He says, he says I buy a takeout, and my boyfriend holds fork and knife. He says, why? He said, because I know you don't like plastic spoons. He said, so I already provided for it. And when he shared this at me, I was like, wow, this seems like an angel. Praise God. Some ladies are falling in love with him already. Praise God. But the thing about the guy is this. He's caring. You know what, what makes him caring? He's in your thoughts before you think about yourself. Isn't that amazing? Before we thought we needed salvation, God taught and died for us. Who is God? Who is God that loves? Who are we to God that he loves us so much? You know, and that's why when you're worrying about this terminal contract and you're worrying up and down, God says, calm down. You don't understand. Before you came here, I prepared for you. Hallelujah. That's why he says, don't take worry about what you will eat, what you will drink. He says, why? It's all sorted out. This thing, hey, my God, my biological clock is, not, is ticking. Maybe I will not get married. And God said, why are you worried? 
The only reason why you are worried is because you think the person will fail. He cares. We're on his mind. We're on his mind. We're on his mind. You have a deadline. You're trying to get a license. You're trying to get a contract. You're praying for a promotion. Just remind yourself. I'm on his mind. 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 Do you know some people promise you things and you have to send them text messages and flashes to remind them that they should remember? God doesn't need a reminder. God, what? He doesn't need a reminder. You are always, how much are you on his eyes? You are the apple of his eye. He sees everything through your lens. Oh my God. That he sees everything through your lens. Behold, what manner of love is this? See, let me tell you something. The, the stronger you are as a Christian, the less you worry. Because you will really believe in his love. It, this is the thing. The less you will worry, you will really believe in his love and his grace. Because you really know that he cares about you. Maybe you have a child that was born with autism. Or maybe you have someone that has cerebral palsy. Or maybe doctor that diagnosed a cancer. You say, I'm not worried because he cares. He cares means he's gone ahead to provide and take care of it. It's not as if there will not be issues, but he's gone ahead to take care of it. You need to learn how to relax in God's love. Glory to God. I say glory to God. I say glory to God. Let me begin to round up this conversation today. This is very powerful. In the Old Testament, when they sin, everybody will bring their goats or their lamb. And when they bring their lamb, they'll bring it to slaughter. Then all of a sudden, Jesus Christ said this. Only when they bring the lamb, they have to keep going year after year, year after year, year after year. And this is the beauty. This is the beauty. This is the beauty. Let's read in the Bible. <laughs> Exodus chapter 12, verse 14. Exodus chapter 12, verse 14. Oh, glory to God. What does the cross tell us? The Bible says this, And this day shall be a memorial unto you, and you shall keep the feasts throughout your generations, and you shall keep... Let, let me read from verse 12. Let me read from verse 12. Yeah. It says, And I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both male and beast, against all the gods of Egypt will I execute judgment. And the blood shall be a token for you. For the, for, for the house, sorry, for the blood shall be to you for a token upon the house where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. What was he saying? He was saying this. <laughs> Many of you don't know what, you know, many people say things like, I don't want to go there because I don't have the time to even explain that. But people don't understand what the blood does. The blood is very powerful. When it died on the cross, it shed his blood. Why did he shed his blood? The Bible says this. In the Old Testament, there was what they called the Passover lamb. 
the Passover lamb used to be offered three in the afternoon. And the Passover lamb was the, you know, was the lamb that says when danger and all of that was coming upon Egypt, that it should not come upon them, the Passover lamb was offered. And when the Passover lamb was offered, the priest that offers it will say in the, you know, in the language, I'm trying to remember the Greek or Hebrew language now, he will say, finished! That's what he will say. And what does finish mean? All the judgment that should come to you, this lamp has taken it right now. And guess what happens in the New Testament? This is very powerful. When Jesus Christ hung on the cross, and this is very powerful, he didn't hang on the cross because he was a sinner. He hung on the cross as what? As a substitute. A substitute means that I should be the one hanging on the cross. I should be the one. And the one that is what? Death doom. But he took my place. And when he took my place at about 3 p.m., this was powerful. While in the temple, they were offering the Passover lamb. They didn't realize that the real lamb that was pointing to had come. And it was there at the garden. It was there on Calgary. It was there on Calgary. And Jesus Christ at that time said, it is what? Finished. So what is finished? The anger, the punishment that God will put on you, he puts on Jesus Christ. Someone says, I know God will forgive my sins. God is not going to forgive your sins. When he died on the cross, there was forgiveness of sins. Listen to me. We do not ask for forgiveness of sins. We only receive forgiveness of sin. Because the Bible says in him we have what? The forgiveness of sins. This is very powerful. The reason I'm saying so is that, do you know how many people are here that sincerely you think that God is angry with you? And he's not. And the devil thinks, knows you think that way and uses that to attack you. And when you're praying, it tells you things like, you know, do you think God can answer someone like you? Do you think God can do this for you? And he begins to attack your confidence. And the reason why he attacks your confidence is because you do not know that God is not mad at you. Do you know how many people here, how many ladies and guys in this place are suffering under the guilt that they had an abortion? And some of them are saying, maybe, oh God, please just make sure I have a baby. Because they are really afraid that they will never have a baby. And God is saying that, I cannot even remember your sin again. Do you know some people that are here right now, and they are saying that something I did, that God is going to punish me for it in the future? And you, li you are, li listen to me, you are laboring under that sin. Meanwhile, God has no memory of anything you've done. Why? Their sins and iniquity, I will remember no more. When the angel of God, is it the angel of God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over. Because the blood means that there's no death in this house. The blood means that there's nothing in this house for me, I go over. When you think of this, this is what your response should be. God is good to me. God is kind to me. See, when you think of this, why won't you love Jesus? See, you understand, we love him because he first loved us. We love him because he first loved us. Look at what manner of love is this that the Father has given unto us. Huge amount of love. This is why we love to pray. Somebody say, someone, this is why we love to pray. Because we know he loves us. Someone say, God will punish you for not praying. I don't even know how you can exist without not praying. That it's not about God punishing you. He said, how can you exist? Where do we get the confidence from? We get the confidence, you know, um, 
on um, what did we go to Ibadan? We went to Ibadan on Friday. So on Friday, we went to Ibadan and we're praying, we're ministering. And they bought this child. The child had been paralyzed. They say he passed out and came back to life. And when he came back to life, like he collapsed and came back to life. And when he came back to life, all of his body, he couldn't use his body. I don't think he could stand and all of those things. And, you know, his body was not responding again. And, and they brought him for prayers. And, you know, it was not even a healing service. We just told them that, just imagine that God is full of love and kindness. And we prayed. And this boy, all of a sudden, began to shake his head, move his legs. The mother was all in tears. He said, we didn't go to, he said that even the hospital cannot help us. He said, see what God has done just because we know how good and how kind God is. See, you need to know something. God will do it for your business. He will do it again. He will do it for your career because he's good. He will do it for your marriage. He's good. He will give you a baby. He would do it. He would, your children are not going to go crazy. I know that you're thinking that they'll go here and go there. They're not going to go. Your children will do well in life. They will make you proud. Your children will not die young. I didn't hear your amen. amen. But the thing is this. Can you trust him? Oh, can I, we're going to close. Just imagine when Moses told them, the angel of death will pass through the land. He says, all you have to do is what? Put the blood and stay indoors. He said, put the blood and what? Stay indoor. I want to ask you a question. When they began to hear cry all over the place, don't you think they would have been tempted to come out of the house to check? If they come out, they are dead. What am I saying to you? Don't let the noise you are hearing make you doubt the love of God. Don't come out of the house. Don't come out of the house. What is the house? The house is what you believe. The house is what you know as truth. Don't come out of the house. Stay in the house. Stay under the blood. Stay under the protection. I understand what the CBN is saying. I understand what the governor is saying. I understand what the company is saying. But stay in the house because in the house we are under the blood and under his protection. And like I told you, the blood of Jesus speaking grace and grace and mercy and mercy and grace and grace and mercy and mercy. And that's why if you're a Christian, the question you should say to yourself is this. If someone loved me this much, look at me, the guy that broke your heart after six months, do you know what you did back in return to his love? And he still messed it up? If someone loved you this much, how will you respond? You should respond by serving him with the whole of your life. That should be your response. Don't say, I come to church one Sunday in the week. That's not enough. He died for you. You owe your life to him. Some people are very smart. When it's time for the contract, they will not be regular in church and start fasting and praying. I said, do you think that God does not see your heart? God knows that as soon as you get it, you are off church again. Some of you, it's Easter Sunday, you are here now. Not because you say, I'm here now. I've come to pay my dues. Yeah. And God says that, I died for you. You mean all I get is one Sunday once in a while? And all I get is one Sunday every week? God says, if I died for you, you belong to me. And that's what he wants from us. To live the life that will place into him. Every single day of our lives. Live the life that will place into him. When last, when last did you serve God with your whole life? It's more than praying. Do you live a life that continually honors the Lord? Do you live a life that shows that you love him? 
Do you even remember Jesus Christ Monday to Friday? Or is this something you do once in a week? And this is it. He loved us so much. He loved us so much. Do you know what this means? He loved us so much. Is your life hurting him or showing him that you love him back? He loved us so much. 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 Sir, he loves us so much. Let's read the final scripture, first John. Oh, glory to God. Ah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ah, ah, ah. First John chapter 3. Are you here? In verse 16. He said, Hereby perceive we the love of God. Hey, hey, ah, some of you, if I just came and said, I love you so much, I give you one million, you will shout on social media. You'll be so excited. Have you not seen that they gave a car? The, the lady announced everywhere. Now look at what he says here. He says, hereby we perceive, glory to God. Hereby we perceive the love of God. How? Because he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down. Did you see that? He says, in response to his love. You know, many of you are so carried away by making money. It's, great. it's a great idea. But be careful. He said, hereby we perceive the love of God. He laid down his life for us. That we should lay down our lives also. He's not asking us to die. He said, but leave as though it was I living. When last, when last did you take time and just serve God with your life? Your work uses you. They know you in UBA. UBA has used you anywhere. They've used your car. How much has God used you? They know you. You work in Etel. You work in Etel. They know you. They, they've used you. Peace that have used you very well. Your company have used you very well. Your children have used you very well. He's God using you. He says, it says, perceive, he says, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. This is a reminder to all of us. He loves us. And let me tell you something. The race you are going round, round, round because you don't believe in his love. If you believe in his love, you will tell him, Lord, I believe you love me. Show me where the money is. Show me where the business is. Show me what to do. Someone says, I've been praying that. The problem is that you pray that without believing he loves you. So you cannot hear. So because when he wants to speak to you, your anxiety and fear keeps destroying it. But show him that he loves you. Glory to God. Can we pray? Will you just all sit for a minute? Let's just sit for a minute, please, before we pray. If you're here, you're not born again. All eyes closed, please. I would like to pray with you today. I don't think this will be a complete service without giving the opportunity to know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. If you're here, you're not born again. You don't have to come out. You don't even have to stand up. All I need to do is to raise up your right hand and I will pray with you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, my sister. Thank you, my sister. Also, thank you over there. Just raise up your right hands. Raise up. Let me hear the, let me just hear the keyboard. Yeah. Yeah. 
Thank you, Jesus. I'm looking for some more people that want to make a decision today. I want to. There are several people making sure today. Right here in this auditorium. Right online. Right in the overflow. All of you at the back. I can see your hands all the way at the back. I want to just raise up. These are trick questions. I'm not going to trick you and say, oh, then stand up. Then come out. No, no, no. All I want to do right now is to raise up your right hand. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. You know. You know. Someone says, how do I not need to get born again? Because a voice will tell you within, this is your moment. If that voice is telling you that this is for you, then you need to raise up your hands. Because that voice is the voice of the Holy Spirit. The devil will never tell you to give your heart to Christ. The devil will never say, that voice is the voice of the Holy Spirit. So, turn up your right hand quickly and let's pray. I love you that I have your hand right hand up. We're going to say this together. Another person wants to say the prayer before we say this together. Someone says, why must I raise up my hand? That's just your sign of obedience. If you want to do this, that's just a simple thing you have to do. He died on the cross for you. Is it too hard to raise up your right hand for him? Say with me, all of you raise up your right hands. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for helping me realize how much you love me. Thank you for coming and dying for me. And I declare today that I believe in my heart that you died for me. And you were raised from the dead to show that I am free and justified. And today, I receive you into my life as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I believe these things. And therefore, I declare, I am a child of God, now born again. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's go ahead and appreciate the Lord, everybody. Let's go ahead. Let's stand on our feet. Let's stand on our feet.